Welcome back to the Homes and Home Podcast, the only Great Lakes podcast to 360 windmill dunk JK rolling into a flaming dumpster like the irredeemable piece of garbage she is. It's Sunday, June 14th, and I sit down with Trevor Halverson to discuss the West Michigan Thunderbirds, his goals for the team, and how he plans to make an inclusive environment. We also answer some mailbag questions, and Trevor offers yet another hot take about Star Wars. Listen on. Welcome back to the Homes at Home podcast, the only Great Lakes podcast. I am your moderator, Matt Dwyer, your moderator, your host. I I listened to another podcast where the host introduces himself as the moderator. That was weird. Okay, anyways, and I'm joined today from Grand Valley State University and the West Michigan Thunderbirds. It's Trevor Halverson. Trevor, hello. Hi, how's it going, Matt? Oh, doing all right, all things considered. How are you? I'm doing fine. Just... You know, hanging in there. Yeah, how have the last few months been for you? Honestly, not too big of a difference. Uh, Grand Valley shut down with the lockdown and everything, and I had three weeks of actual quarantine where I was staying at home but still doing homework. My work shut down. Uh, But three weeks later, they started back up, and it's just same as usual now at this point. So you've been working through the pandemic? A little bit. I mean, like I said, those first three weeks I had off, I wasn't really working. I was doing my homework and everything still, so like school wasn't over, but work was done for me. What do you do for work? Uh, I am a machine operator at a plastic factory right now. I just graduated and have become certified as a secondary social studies teacher. So trying to find a teaching job somewhere, but been a little that's difficult. cool that's exciting yeah what's your favorite social studies topic <sighs> medieval europe Ooh, yeah i'm a big world history guy i especially love medieval europe uh but getting into a couple different topics here and there but i won't bore you with the details i well we don't need to bore the listeners personally <laughs> i like history i find history interesting but that's cool. That's very awesome. I wish you lots of good luck in your quest to find a teaching job in the midst of COVID. Oh, yeah. It's going to be... Uh... We have no idea what the school year is going to look like in the fall, especially for... You said secondary, so like middle school? Middle school and high school. Uh, yeah. I'd honestly be okay with either one at this point. Uh, but it is what it is. Job's a job. Exactly. <laughs> So let's start off this week, as we do every week, uh, with you telling us about your Quidditch history, how you got started, and how you got to this point. Okay, well, I kind of have technically two starting off points. I Okay. <laughs> I started off, I, my first Quidditch real event was back, I think it was 2014. I played a tournament unofficially with the Chicago Phoenix at Illinois State University. Oh my gosh, throwback. Yeah, uh, they are, <laughs> if anybody's listening and don't know who the Phoenix were, they are now the sh- merged with somebody else to become the Chicago United. Uh, I know you know that, Matt, but I thought I would explain. The The joke was always because Chicago Phoenix was a team that like fell and rose again like five times 
and like like going back to like 2011 2012 somewhere around that area and it was always just like a joke that like chicago phoenix rises again because you'd always hear about oh yeah no one's left on the team and then someone's trying to start it up again and then no one's left on the team and someone's trying to start it up again yeah uh, but yeah i didn't i didn't know that did you with <laughs> illinois state you said it was at illinois state okay uh, you'd probably have to find like eric Corey to find out what year it was because i know i ran into him me and eric knew each other from uh high school actually uh oh, okay. yeah interesting but i again i only played one tournament unofficially with them and i only practiced with them once uh i kind of had a unhealthy former relationship where they said i couldn't play quidditch so the actual start of me playing quidditch was me joining grand valley in 2016 when i transferred there and it's just been kind of weird crazy because uh playing quidditch in general is just kind of like a dream come true because like i said for years i wasn't really sure i was gonna play quidditch but here i am here you are do you have a sports background growing up uh, i did i kind of was all over the place until about high school when i started doing football and wrestling well middle school was football was wrestling football joined in with high school uh those are kind of like the two biggest sports that I really take away from at this point. Soccer and baseball okay. kind of left me a long time ago. Yeah. What position did you play in football? I was a right guard. So, uh, you know, doing a lot of polling, stuff like that. Uh, I wasn't big enough for a tackle. And uh, at the time, I was so against running that I did not want to be on defense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fair. That's yeah. That sounds about right. So then you played for Grand Valley for four years. Yeah, culminating yes. in this. I played year. for Grand Valley for four years. Uh, I ended up breaking my foot for my last two seasons, so I sat my first two or my the first semester of my last two years at Grand Valley. Uh, but we ended up making nationals in two thousand. Uh, 18 in 2019, I don't remember what, I think it's 12 and 13, the U.S. Cups. Uh, good question, 11 and 12, I think, I think this past <laughs> year was supposed to be 13. Okay, yeah, sorry, I, I don't, I know the more by the year that we went than we did the actual number. Yeah, that's okay, no one, no one remembers, like, I, like, some people, they index by the year, other people, they're like, I can only go by location. <laughs> well, both years that were at Round Rock, Texas. Yeah. Yeah those two years uh hell of a time those two years this last year i only got to play one tournament the grand or grindy slam winter jam uh one of in my opinions like the best ideas for a tournament because it's indoors in michigan in january or february yeah nobody was... wants to play a tournament outside exactly <laughs> i'm pretty yeah. sure i have a t-shirt from that because it had like a space jam type logo on it Yep, Love it's space my jam. favorite thing we got. <laughs> it also reminds me of, I don't know if you ever played the original Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, there was a level called Windy City Jam, and it was like a uh, like a, a contest level, like you had to score a certain number of points against some computers as opposed to like the objective-based levels. Okay, I, I, I probably played the original Tony Hawk, because I'm a little bit older than the normal college kid, but... I, I don't like. It's not ringing a bell, you know. No, it's all right. I yeah. 
shout out to the one time. person who's like, oh yeah, that level. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> it's it is just I compulsively need to bring up pop culture things for no gosh darn reason. Oh yeah. Well, I'm sure I I'll get some of the older references that you can come up with because. I, I can't remember what our age difference was, but we're pretty close. I'm 27. Same. Okay. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I was just a non-traditional student. So, yeah. Yeah, that works. So now you've graduated. How was how was graduating in a pandemic? I talked to Zeke Majeski some weeks ago about his experience graduating and in what a what a good year Michigan was having. And to, you know, have the season kind of end, you know, with a whimper instead of a bang, not being able to go to nationals. How how did you feel about that? Um, it it honestly really hurts, especially considering that I started off with that broken foot injury. So I didn't even get to play a tournament. I think we were like a week or two in with practices when I broke my foot, uh, making a cut. And uh, it feels like the last bit of the season was, you know, stolen away from me. Even though I, Grand Valley didn't make it for nationals out of regionals, and I'm not sure exactly how it would have gone if we were trying to shoot for an at-large bid or whatnot. I wasn't part of leadership, so I can't comment on that. But yeah, it it hurts. I I miss Quidditch. I love Quidditch, and it that's before I even get into the graduation stuff. I'm sorry, that was probably the original question. No, that's okay. I mean, it, it it all it all is together, right? It's it's all these like final things, quote unquote, that have been taken away from you that you don't get to experience, and that's emotionally hard. Right. It it has not been a fun experience, and at the very least, at least it's good to know that, you know, the steps that they took to stop uh, more of the coronavirus spreading is for the best. It's for the best that we didn't have our graduation ceremony and we didn't have all the people coming up and it's just still kind of rough. Yeah, I understand. Although you look outside now and you look, it seems like, you know, we could have just had it, you know, first, second week of June. It's fine. Pandemic's over. We all got bored. Yeah, I am really annoyed with that. Uh, Me and Caitlin have been taking this pretty seriously and trying to make sure we stay healthy. Uh, Luckily, she just got out of her fast, her fast food job. Uh, me, I still have to get, deal with a certain amount of the public because like, I don't know where the people really... Where the people that I work with, I'm not sure what they're doing outside of work to be safe. Yeah, no, I totally get that. It is frustrating. I'm in the same boat as you. You know, I... like. My new normal is, you know, going grocery shopping at 7 a.m. on a weekday before work. And, like, the people there are wearing masks, but they're all, you know, in their 60s. Uh, but, like, anyone around my apartment building? Nope. We, we, can, we can wax poetic about the stupidity of the human race. However, <laughs> uh, we, we're going to talk about some Quidditch instead. That sounds so, like a good idea. <laughs> Welcome to Sad Boys Podcast. I'm your sad boy, Matt Dwyer. You, after graduating, have announced that you are starting the Thunderbirds. I am starting the Thunderbirds. Tell Uh, us about the Thunderbirds. It's kind of been an idea that I have been toying with for a while. 
as far as starting a team because I, like I've mentioned to you before when I was playing with the Phoenix, I actually was under the impression that I was going to have to make my own team back then. And I still have the Facebook group I made uh, from 2014 where I was trying to make a team in DuPage County, uh, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. Uh, so I knew coming into this that I was probably, you know, if there wasn't a club team established in the Great Lakes, once I graduated, I was going to have to start one. Uh, and it's not that, like, I felt I had to. I want to. I want this. And so it. I'm super excited for it. Uh, <laughs> it's been made pretty complicated by some things. Uh, I guess, no, complicated is not the right word. I'm sorry. Interesting, I think, should be the right word with another team coming up. But, you know, I just I want to play Quidditch. I want to get a club team going, one that uh, we can all kind of come together in the Great Lakes, get something going. So where did the name Thunderbirds come from? Uh, Thunderbirds actually came from when I was uh, first at Grand Valley. I went to go see uh, Fantastic Beasts with my friend. The first friend I made out here, actually. Uh, and it just saw... I was trying to think of, you know, what mascot to use for the team. Uh, kind of what imagery, I guess, would be best. And I always wanted to do something that was like a magical creature from the world of Harry Potter. Because I'm in the sport for the fact that I love Harry Potter and I love being athletic, playing the sport. Uh I just couldn't really like pick which one I wanted because dragons and stuff like that are a little stereotypical. I wanted something different. Uh, and when I saw a fantastic beast and you first see the, the Thunderbird flying down in when you hear down in his, uh, in Scamander's suitcase, you know, I just thought it was so cool and it was awesome to see that. And like, that's it. That's what I'm going with. It's powerful. It's um, like, awe-inspiring i think it's a cool image okay so you weren't you weren't a huge fan of like the the potter more ilvermorny lore uh if astute listeners you know real harry potter connoisseurs will remember that thunderbird is one of the names of the ilvermorny houses because that's what uh jkr decided to do i guess yeah i i do like that as one of the houses, I don't think that I fit in that house, if I remember right. I think I was the Horned Serpent. Oh, I didn't... Man, <laughs> I, I can't remember the other two. I remember um, Thunderbirds and Puck Wedgie. Yeah, that... <laughs> the worst house name ever. <laughs> yeah, that one was weird. I think that's like the healer class or... Not class. Wow. You can tell I'm a video game nerd. Anyways, the healer category for uh, houses or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, I remember reading it at the time, and I just don't remember anything else from that other than those two house names and thinking that the entire thing was dumb because it takes, like, zero information into account about literally anything relating to the United States. And I, I seem to remember, and I, it, this is not a call-out, this is just, like it's coming to mind now that there was some consternation using the term Thunderbird because it had some Native American significance. And this is something that's just off the top of my head. I have not Googled yeah. it recently. Uh, well, the Thunderbird is a, 
a creature within Native American. I'm gonna use folklore because I'm sure that's the and I'm sure that's the wrong word, uh, but it is a symbol they use. Uh, their symbol though is basically you take an eagle or a hawk and you make it gigantic. You know, it, it's huge. It's not the same image as the Thunderbird from uh, the J.K. Rowling universe. The J.K. Rowling one, you know, it's got six wings. It's super stretched out. Uh, the features are a little more pointed versus like an eagle where they're rounded. So, okay. So your so your thought process here is that this is not in reference to that. This is just a different thing. This is a reference specifically to the Harry Potter fandom Thunderbird. Uh, okay. Yeah. How do you feel about Pontiac Thunderbirds? <laughs> um, they look nice. I should be way more into cars for somebody that lives in Michigan and also for somebody that worked at a body shop for a year. But uh, I'm more of a Dodge fan, so. All right, fair <laughs> enough. I'm pretty sure Pontiac closed many years ago. So. It did, but that was one of the, the more okay cars. <laughs> yeah, Thunderbirds are kind of cool. Yeah. All right. So we can we can jump to a question here. Uh, specifically, Luke Yeager would like to ask, what are your goals for the West Michigan Thunderbirds in their first year? Uh, that was a great question, and I needed to bring up one thing, because we talked about it a little bit. I've been uh, building up a little bit of structure into it. We have some expectations we have for like the first season, and then goals that are... Like we are reaching for those, like they don't have, that's not, if we don't make the goals, it's not that the season is ruined. Uh, but so far the expectations are, you know, get the team going, uh, making sure that we're trying our best to get to nationals. You know, I know the circuit system is actually, it's different, uh, but I like it. Uh, but as long as we're trying hard to get a bid to nationals, I trying our best, not really like half-assing it, you know, you know, that's something that would be an expectation. Another expectation would be that we are trying to make sure that we come back next season. Uh, goals that we want to have involved in this are, you know, make it to nationals. That's a big goal. Uh, but it's not necessary in the first season, you know, make or break in the team or whatever. Uh, another goal that I am really passionate about is that we would like to uh, establish positive connections in the prominent Michigan collegiate teams. So that way we can kind of build a future for the Great Lakes. Uh, the future of Great Lakes Club Quidditch is going to come out of the collegiate teams. And the way I see it, we need to invest in those teams not just say, oh, yeah, you know, they're a cool team. We actually have to go and help them out, I think, and try to be sustainable. I think those are all very good goals. And it's it's interesting that you bring up some of these things specifically because it sounds like the same goals that my team, the Apollos, and the Army Ants are all having. And it's kind of, I see this as an interesting shift that we have all kind of independently moved towards these type of goals rather than be the biggest, best, and win all the time. Uh, not to say that none of us don't want to win, because of course we want to win. That's, you know, why, why play sports. Uh, but it's it's such a departure from the 
super team. I'll call them super teams of the past that we've had. Like Lake Erie wasn't meant to be a super team, but it became a super team. And listeners can go back to episode nine and listen to me and Rick Wasser recount the history of Lake Erie and me say some swear words at him. But the approach that you're taking here is very localized, very specific. You have specific things in mind that are not just be the biggest and the best. The the whole super team, I am not, I'm, I'm not saying like we are trying to be everybody, like the whole Great Lakes comes for to us. It's just, you know, we're not being selective. We're not going to like, oh, you live in Indiana? No, we don't want you, you know. Uh, we do want anybody that would, would like to play. Uh, granted, the closer you are to West Michigan, the better, it, like the easier it is to work with you, obviously, for practices. But I, as far as the setting the new types of goals, I think it's just something that needs to happen. You know, in this region, we've seen teams come up and then die a year or two, a couple years after they start. Uh, if you really want to actually see a club team be sustained, you actually need people feeding into those club teams. And that's not going to happen if you have, you know, Central Michigan cuts out because they don't have enough players or something, you know? Yeah, RIP. Uh, that's, it's tough. And and that's the next thing I want to talk to you about. So you have your, you're kind of splitting Michigan here uh, with you on the west side and i guess the the western michigan team is grand valley and then on the east side of michigan for the army ants you have ann arbor over on the east side and then east lansing kind of splits the middle yeah so so is your so uh, i guess we can move to zach zyla's question uh how are the thunderbirds and the army ants work together in an attempt to have two stable club teams within the state that one is a good, uh, really one that I don't think I've been able to come up with a clear answer for. Uh, the best thing I can say is it's going to take cooperation between me, or well, the Thunderbirds, and the is it the Ant Army. I always confuse the order. Army. Oh, ants. it's the Army Ants. I'm sorry. Yes, Ant Armor Army Ants. Yes, the Army Ants. Sorry about that. It's going to take some cooperation. Uh, to make sure we can work together, kind of respect each other. Um, it sounds like Rick is trying to go for, like you were saying earlier, the very localized uh, group out of Ann Arbor, not trying to go too far away from there. Um, I'm sure he'll pick up people from across the state, which that's fine. Uh, I really did actually change the name to be respectful towards them because I originally was going to launch as the Michigan Thunderbirds. But once I saw him starting to post those, I'm like, okay, I want to make sure that I'm being respectful. I'm not trying to encroach on anybody because I'm under the same impression he is. If you want to start a team, who am I to tell you to not start a team? And I also know that me and him have the same mindset of we were both going to start our teams this year, regardless of, of, if the other was going to do it or not. That's interesting that you you changed the name to be in deference to them a little bit. Uh, do you... I guess West Michigan is still pretty broad, but you've, you've kind of, like, put yourself in an area. Like, 
anytime we like like look at looking at my team like I am the Ohio Apollos if there happens to be another club team start up in Ohio like I'm not going to change my right. name I I don't necessarily think I look like a jerk or that I'm like I am superseding or better than them yeah well you you're also on like you guys have established yourselves you know you are there you you already said your name you already came public with it if I had already came public with it as we are the Michigan Thunderbirds, I don't think I would change my name, but that's not how the cards really played out, I guess. Okay. And it, like I was saying earlier, I'm still going to go on under the premise of trying to get those people that want to be on the team, uh, really trying to draw in people that want to play Quidditch. Uh, winning isn't necessarily like winning nationals is not necessarily the end goal. The end goal is we want to play Quidditch and we want to better the sport and ourselves too. Yeah. And it seems like, I guess your area of recruitment is a little bit different. Like I said, you're kind of splitting Michigan, but also you're a lot closer to Indiana. And so I think any players from say Ball State, Indiana University, Purdue, perhaps, uh, they would probably be a lot closer to you. And if they weren't going to play for Boom Train or couldn't, I guess you would be the next best option. Yeah, that's one way to put it. Uh, I'd also like to touch on a question from Matt Melton, who says, why should people play for the Thunderbirds instead of the Army Ants? Now, I understand that this goes directly against what we've just talked about, about this kind of like symbiotic relationship that the two teams hope to have. So let's say that someone is living in the middle of the two, Lansing area, what have you, and they they really can't decide which one they should prefer to try out for. What is your pitch to them? My pitch uh, goes along the lines that we are trying to build a team that is full of people that love the sport. They're trying to play. Uh, if they don't win nationals, they're not going to get all beat up about it. Uh, they're going to stick around. People that want to like give back to the community not just be a player, but also maybe they go ahead and we go ref at a tournament or something, or we get to be a Merc team at a tournament that we didn't get invited to or something. Uh, I really want to create with the team a community itself where as many decisions as possible can be made by the players actually deciding what they want to do instead of having a top-down uh like eboard that decides everything, no decisions made by anybody else, you know, that kind of fashion. So you intend to have more of a direct democracy than any sort of executive board or, you know, C-suite or whatever? Kind of. There is definitely going to be uh, leadership involved. Uh, I didn't touch on this before. I probably should have. Um, as of right now, there's like three people involved in leadership for the team, and it's mostly just handling things like, logistics getting things set up in usq stuff it's gonna be me that's running it uh my girlfriend caitlin is kind of taking on the role of like manager to help us with all that stuff and then we do have somebody that uh is going to be taking up the role of like a beater coach uh we're not gonna go public with that yet so but how like how spicy I can mention, what a tease <laughs> I can mention that we have them, but I, out of respect for them, I'm not giving names 
they so. they have not signed the contract yet, or they're, they're still employed it, by their previous team. Well, I have a feeling it's more of that. Uh, I mean, it's somebody that I trust and I know, so I, I have a feel. I hope it's that they would like to feel that they've earned the title before really going public with it. Uh, also, just we are not at the next USQ season. And to be throwing around words like, oh, I'm the coach and things like that, it's kind of a big deal. You know, we're not, a, we haven't established yet. It's not like we're going into our second season. We're just going into our first. And we need to be realistic about expectations and what we're doing so that we, we don't jump, a, jump the gun, you know, and turn people away because, oh, well, I don't want to sink X amount of money on a team that is just starting or something. Okay. Like that. All right, so something to look forward to, some some spicy leadership announcements from the Thunderbirds. <laughs> we will see. We will see. So you spoke a little bit about, in in your answer uh, to Matt Melton's question about, you know, the pitch you would make to players. How are you hoping to create this environment that you're talking about where players have direct input on the direction of the team where they are feeling comfortable and wanting to play Quidditch more than necessarily win or, you know, win the cup or nationals or something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, we all know we can do things like Facebook groups to get people all together. There are people that don't like Facebook groups. Uh, I've been wanting to pitch more to the, uh, the, interest group that I have on Facebook saying like, Hey, would you mind maybe switching over to discord? Cause I know there's been a lot of work done on discord, uh, with Quidditch teams. And I know for me messing around with it. And I think it's a pretty good way to keep in contact, keep in touch, uh, with big groups of people. You can kind of schedule events through there only because of how you phrase it a little bit. It's not that we aren't trying to go to nationals and we're not, we wouldn't try to, or we're trying to go to nationals and we would like to be competitive at nationals, but we are trying to work under like realistic expectations. Like I know boom train came out in their first year and did really good at nationals. They made what final eight final four, Final four, that's, I'm that's sorry. That's the title of the episode with Nathan Digman. Final four is a catastrophic failure, or whatever yeah. I called it. Uh, and that's amazing for them. I love that they were able to do that and still stay together. Uh, but my mindset coming into this is more about steady growth and constantly going up. I would like to run this team under, like, using teacher lingo, a growth mindset. Uh, we still have goals that we want to meet, but really just trying to be better than where we started. One of the things I uh, would like to do is really focus on like team chemistry, getting things together when we were in practice. Uh, and really that is the key of, in my mind, of like who deserves more playing time or not. I, I, like All-stars will be people that are more considered like all-star players are more than welcome on the team. But I really want to focus on chemistry. I think part of that is making sure you're inclusive to all players uh, and not just your really high-skilled, top-tier players. You know, you have to be uh, making sure that even 
players that, you know, they were the ones kind of towards the end of your roster decisions that didn't come to mind. Like, you have to include them, too. It's not, it's a team. It's not just, you know, your starting line. And I just know that I have talked with people around Quidditch where it seems like certain groups of people start to get onto a team and it can feel like some people are being alienated. So I just feel like I could actually contribute something with this to like maybe help some people figure out ways that they can not be alienating, I guess. Might be. I don't know if that's the right word. You're, you're trying to set up an environment where everyone feels welcome, that there is no particular group of players that pushes out the other players, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the, the, I kind of like see three different ways of addressing things. I'm not going to go over too much about the individual stuff because it's basically you invite the team to things and you be respectful typical things that you would do as a, a human being. Uh, I think a lot of stuff can come from leadership, though. Uh, they kind of set the tone and set the culture for the team. So uh, I think the biggest thing is to really establish and build relationships with everybody on your team. So like I was saying, you, you, you need to be talking to everybody on the team. And I did take a couple ideas from past episodes here so i'll try to reference where i got the idea from when i get to it <laughs> oh a listener who is citing his sources yes. ladies and gentlemen this is i am touched and thrilled right now um well that's what we do in history as a social studies teacher right here anyways Touché. <laughs> sorry uh so building relationships is kind of the key and i think a good thing uh i got this from digman's episode where he talked about uh, I guess he has one-on-one -on -one time with his players. And I think mostly they've been doing it through Messenger, if I remember him saying it correctly. I, I, <laughs> okay, I yeah, that's fine. One-on-one uh, -on -one time with everybody. Uh, and it doesn't have to be like, you know, you have one-on-one -on -one time with every single player, every single practice. That's just unrealistic, you know. Uh, me being a teacher, I need to have one-on-one -on -one time with every single one of my students, or however many... 130 or whatever there are uh but i have it over time and basically you know at practice you pull someone aside and just be like hey you know what are you working on today what are you focusing on how can i help you things like that and you know as a leader as coach or captain whatever your position is you should be getting to know your players and what they can do uh, one of the things that i really love doing that I think is a great thing that anybody who's listening to this that is in education probably knows. Uh, it's what I call catch them being good. Uh, so, you know, you normally call out bad behaviors, things like that. But people really do appreciate it when you see them doing something right. Uh, and if you say like, oh, hey, I really like that cut you just made to, to them personally, that's, that's going to look good. But if you say, I really like that pass you made over there, with the whole team hearing them, they're going to love that. They're going to think it's that you care more that you'd like to call them out on some good things instead of just saying, Hey, why do you keep making these crappy throws across hoop? A couple other things. I know Jeanette, I think talked a little bit about it where she was saying to involve the new people and off pitch things. 
Um, I love the idea of actually assigning them homework and telling them, hey, go make a post in like the Great Lakes USQ Facebook group or something like that. Uh, to me, it just it seems like a good idea and kind of gets people out there because personally, I was a little intimidated getting involved in these groups because there's a lot of talks like when I first started, I didn't really understand all the strategy talk and things like that that were going on. And it would just seem like, oh, this is a lot. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't really have any ideas of how we can make that easier. But that's a personal thing. Maybe if you just, like, I don't know, explore the internet with the new, <laughs> the new players, you know? You've given me, you've given me this image of, like... <laughs> Like some like '90s poster with a bunch of kids wearing like sunglasses <laughs> and backwards hats, riding on yeah. keyboards like through the internet oh superhighway. Yeah, that would be that'd be hilarious. Um, I also thought like with some of the off pitch stuff, you know, I I met a lot of people by at tournaments, just walking around and like just kind of getting introduced to other people. Uh, I think it would be a pretty cool idea. Like you just kind of like get a new person. Like, hey, we're gonna go talk to my friends at Michigan State. Let's go. I think that'd be a pretty cool idea to get people included, moving around. Uh, I know I got plenty of friends on other teams that, like, if it weren't for them, I don't know how much fun I would have at tournaments, other than when I play. You know. Um, yeah, makes sense. And I think it's a good thing to take a proactive role in introducing others so that we can continue to bond the Quidditch community tighter. There there doesn't need to be bad blood. You know, we're all playing Quidditch together. We should all be friends. Well, be friendly towards each other at the very least. You know, nobody has to be friends with anybody in the community. But you should at least be respectful and friendly. Uh, I think one more thing I had to touch on with leadership in this, it's just an idea that I kind of spat on my head was a good thing to do would be to kind of highlight your players more often and not just on their birthday. Uh, I feel like if you just do it on their birthday, it just seems really insensitive and like, like from a social media perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I should have mentioned that. Um, I'm by no means a social media expert, but I just feel that doing something like that uh, can kind of mean a lot to somebody. Because I think another person on your podcast before talked about like they would see their name somewhere and they thought it was just awesome. I know I have that same feeling. <laughs> well, good. These are all incredibly good ideas. Yeah. And I hope that you're able to enact them to make Thunderbirds a successful program. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we answer some of your mailbag questions. And we are back, Matt and Trevor, and now we answer a few more of your mailbag questions, starting off here with Danny Yacoub. What is your current personal goal in Quidditch, and how has that changed since you started playing? Well, the current personal goal is to get you know, Thunderbirds off the ground and to give back into the, the, the Quidditch community. Uh, and it's that obviously has changed a lot since my starting goal. My starting goal originally was just to get back in shape and play Quidditch. Uh, 
the get back in shape is still continuing. It's always continuing. <laughs> so it's changed a lot. And I just, it's really been changed because I've gained so much out of Quidditch. And, you know, originally the team would have just been, I want to start a team because I want to start a team. Now it's, I want to start a team because I want to give back. And this is going to be, this would be a great time or a great way to do it. Liam Zock would like to know, toughest learning moments you've had in your career? That one, there's, I think, two that I really would mention. And I think the first one is going to be, uh, it's a fantasy tournament one, but uh, at the last summer, Great Lakes Summer Fantasy, I was captaining a team, and I let trying to win get to my head a little bit too much. Uh, and I stopped focusing on the fun and, had, and just playing the sport, you know. I think if you just play the sport and do it well, it'll carry you plenty of places. Uh, and I let that slip too far at the last tournament. But you, you learn and move on. Uh, the other one, I think, is definitely trying to put my own health before playing. I need to do that more often. Uh, I came back from my first broken foot at regionals that year, played three plays against Michigan State, and then I had to go out because I felt a shift. And I was just sitting there like, put me back in, put me back in. I need to, I need to do this. And it, if I had gone out there, I would just be limping, and that would that's just stupid, you know? Yeah, personal health is very important, and I wish more athletes I knew would take that into consideration. And also, we're getting old here. So, like, pretty soon, something's going to pop out of place, and it's not going to pop back in. And then what are yeah, you going to do? Yeah, I get that. But I, I've fallen in love with the sport to the point where I... I mean, I'm sure this isn't actually going to be the case, but I'm going to keep playing till my body tells me no. Hey, man, we're going to have... I can't wait for old man Quidditch, where it's just going to be, like, us in our 40s, like, we can't hit each other because we'll hurt for two weeks afterwards, so it's just going to be, like like low contact, like basketball contact Quidditch, yep. basically. That's what hey, I intend. You know what? If we can get the sport to last that long and to get even more successful, I'd take that as a win. I'd take oh, it yeah. as a win, too. Nathan Digman would like to know, what happened at Summer Fantasy that one time I don't remember? So listeners may remember uh, on our episode with Nathan Digman, uh, Trevor asked about why Nathan Digman ended up with his keys, and he did not remember. Okay, uh... The reason why I remember this instance so well is just because it was my first fantasy tournament, uh, and Nathan Digman was on the team that ended up knocking us out. We went undefeated <laughs> in the group play, so we were up against a team that didn't win a single game, and they knocked us out. We got killed. But anyways, uh, I honestly have no idea how I lost my keys, and I will take a page from Digman here and say I don't honestly remember that friday night i had a few two margaritas <laughs> all right so neither of you remember this this is great this is this is what fantasy is about no one remembering anything except very specific moments where you hated another team oh i don't no no i didn't hate them and i have no not hard... hating them but like like you will always remember that you were undefeated and then you lost yeah i'll i'll remember that because of you know stuff like that that was just a very memorable fantasy for me and i i love fantasy tournaments they're so great i love fantasy too i uh i really wish we were having it this summer obviously we can't um 
but maybe a maybe a light tease. Keep a watch on those forums, people. Might have something coming at you sometime. You know. Ooh, I like those. Yeah. I like where Keep it's going. Keep them guessing. <laughs> Keep them on their toes. I got Keep that. Keep them wanting more. <laughs> I got that first Great Lakes Summer Fantasy Trophy, and now I want another. So. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, those are so good. I still have uh, the one that Jeanette gave me on my shelf. No, did, were you? You won it last year, right? Uh, I won it neither years. Oh, did uh, she give you a trophy just like for helping throw it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, she made extras, and I mean, I was very appreciative of that. Yeah. It's just kind of you know something to be memorable. It was the first one. Exactly. No, it's you a know. cool thing. You know, I I love it. You know, like my candle thing on it still works, and it's great. Wonderful. Yeah. And finally, Hannah Miller would like to know what's your fun fact you tell other Quidditch people when you can't tell them that you play Quidditch. Well, I have two that I like to switch back and forth with. One, I'm a plant dad, so I have, I think, one, two, I think seven plants scattered around my apartment <laughs> that I take care of. And then the other one is that I have seven tattoos. Seven plants, seven tattoos. That was not planned whatsoever. It was just <laughs> I see, where I, I see where this is going. But uh, how is about there, you? Is there, oh. another, is there another seven and then it's like some sort of like secret code or Zodiac thing or whatever? Oh man, you're on to me now. <laughs> all right thank you very much for everyone who sent in questions if you would like to submit a question to future mailbags please comment on the post on the homes at home facebook page or on the usq great lakes forum page if you would like to submit anonymously you can message the homes at home page or myself and i will include your question in the episode under the name anonymous so trevor how have you been staying sane while being in quarantine well um, playing video games to keep my head, I guess, from focusing too much on quarantine. Uh, you know, I didn't have too much of a quarantine because those three weeks I was out of work, still had to do my last bit of schoolwork, and student teaching semester is no fun. Uh, then go back into work. So I guess the thing that's really been keeping me sane is having Avatar The Last Airbender and getting to work on Thunderbird stuff. Nice. I'm watching Avatar as well. Um, I I only saw, like, I saw a lot of the season, or, like, a lot of the show back in the day, but now I'm finally sitting down and watching it all the way through. I just finished season one. I Ooh. forgot how good that ending is. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely Water Tribe. Uh, I've, I watched them all brand new, so I love the series, and it's so amazing that it's back. There's so many life lessons you can pull from that show. Uh, it is great. It is. And I guess I also forgot to mention my new puppy uh, that has helped keep me sane. Yeah, he's been coming in and out of frame a little bit. That's very exciting for me. Sorry, listeners, that this is an audio medium, but it is a Corgi Beagle mix, you said? Yes. He's just the cutest. <laughs> he will definitely be making appearances at uh, Quidditch events. Wonderful. Yes. <laughs> Hashtag dogs in Quidditch. Or MLQ was doing something with dogs and Quidditch. I don't... Oh, gosh darn it. I can't remember what it is. I don't... It was a while ago. Okay. I was going to say, I don't know of anything like that, but my MLQ focus has been... It, I, it, was, it was going pretty good, and then, you know, the news of it getting suspended just kind of threw everything off with me keeping up with that information. 
know, just just when news comes out about more Quidditch being delayed or suspended, it just kind of hurts. It is a little depressing. Yeah. What video games have you been playing? A lot of No Man's Sky. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. I I have, and like it's been it's been tempting to get into it because I know it was kind of like a bit of a flop when it first came out, but it's kind of like a living game, and they've been adding a lot, and they just added crossplay, yep. right? It was a total flop when it came out, uh, but they have made a lot of changes to it. There's a lot more stuff to do, a lot more building. Uh, you can actually find other people now because you know you were just you alone in a whole galaxy. It's very hard to find people. Uh, Crossplay came out, but it is very glitchy still. I, man, it's so tempting. It's fun. It you have to be really into the whole explorer genre, though. If you are not into that, you will not have any fun. Fair, yeah. fair, fair. Any other games that you're playing, or other, you know, podcasts? Pe- people like to mention their podcasts or books that they've read uh, as well. I will find the podcast while I mention the other games. Uh, <laughs> I play a lot of Civilization. And Civ Six is amazing to me. Um, there is a podcast I was listening to that is out of the Midwest region. Uh, it just started up. I don't remember who actually runs it. It's called Quid Coffee and Trees uh, by Scott Ryan. And I'm trying to find the information here so I can see. I'm pretty sure with uh, Jeff Sywick. Yes, Jeff Sywick and Scott Ryan. Yeah, theirs has been yeah, good. it's been pretty good. I like uh, some of the people they've been bringing on, just talking Quidditch and life in general. You know, like yeah, you do, of course. And then, of course, you know, I've been watching, listening to this podcast, seeing what's going on around the Great Lakes. Thank you, I appreciate it greatly. Hey, I I think this is a great thing you're doing for the the region as a whole. Gives us something to look forward to, other than you know two club teams being announced. Uh, you know, it's something to hold us over until we really get Quidditch going again. That's the hope. Yeah. That's the hope. Do you have any words of wisdom you'd like to share with the Quidditch community? (sighs) Well, I have too many, so I'll keep it short. Uh, (laughs) I think the biggest one is just keep doing the best you can with the tools you have. You know? Uh, It's one of a mantra I got from one of my college professors. It's gotten me through a lot of this last year. You know, a good thing to tell yourself when things are getting rough. Where can the fine people find you on social media? Well, you can find me on Trevor Halverson, I'm pretty sure, on Facebook. But more specifically, you can find the West Michigan Thunderbirds Quidditch. That's the name of the fan page. You can find us on Twitter at WMT Quidditch, and it is the same WMT Quidditch for Instagram. Uh, we have not posted as much on those two as facebook but we will be using those mediums as well and now we will end as we do every week with a hot take so my hot take i feel that the star wars prequels were ruined because people got way too hung up on jar jar banks (laughs) if you just ignore Jar Jar Binks and just remember that R2-D2 and C-3PO can still be the comic relief everything else is pretty good about in my opinion about the originals you know Darth Maul is my favorite uh, Star Wars Sith Lord and you know Duel of the Fates if it's not my favorite it's one of my favorite like top two 
but you, I mean, so you feel that the entire onus lands on the character that is Jar Jar Binks and not, for instance, Hayden Christensen's acting. Well, hold on a second. If we really stop and think about it, you know, Darth Vader as a kid is going to be the uh, spoiled, rotten, I can't have things my way kind of kid, you know? Like, that's that's just how Darth Vader would be. He is very dramatic and yeah. angsty. Right? <laughs> so I think, I personally think that Jar Jar... They, people got way too hung up on Jar Jar, in my opinion. I did recently watch all of the Clone Wars, and I have to say all my least favorite episodes had Jar Jar in them. Yeah, I, I'm not trying to defend Jar Jar by any means. I was not a fan of him, but I did my best to not let that ruin the prequels for me. Because I'm like, pod racing, come on. That's amazing. And then the whole Clone Wars... A lot of Wars, people hate pod racing. Really? I personally, I like it. Personally, oh, I think it's interesting, and yeah. and I wish it would have come back in some way. Well, did you ever play? They had a Nintendo sixty four pod racing. Oh yeah, game. Episode One <laughs> Racer. Yeah, it was awesome. Freaking love that. You can buy that for Switch right now. I'm pretty sure, oh, really? and I think you can get it on Steam as well. I need to get into. I need a Switch because Smash Bros is huge for me, and you know, there's been so many talks about like Animal Crossing and things like that. I need buying a Switch. man Switch is great. Yeah. Money is a little tight because just, you know, haven't gotten my teacher job and I understand. just moved in. But yeah, I, just to me, other things about the prequels that are awesome is like Battle of Genosis. Genosis? Yeah. The end of Clone Wars. Uh, I, I just, I really like the prequels. They're definitely not better than 4, 5, and 6, but they do not deserve the rap that people have given them. Okay. And there you are, our hot take for the week. Another one about Star Wars. I love it when people give me Star Wars takes. I'd like to thank you, Trevor, for coming on and talking to us today. Oh, was no problem. I uh, I hope I wasn't too much of an issue here. No, you're fine. Uh, I, I look forward to working with you in the future to set up matches and stuff. And uh, I look to friendly put your face directly in the mud as we destroy your team. You know what? As long as it's a nice, friendly game of Quidditch, I'll take yep, that face will, in the mud. <laughs> I will friendly lace up my cleats as I step down on your face. <laughs> it's all in good fun. It is all in good fun. Thank you all very much for listening. If you have feedback or otherwise would like to see certain things on the podcast, be sure to like us on Facebook, Homes at Home, or message me directly. I'd like to thank everyone for listening this week. Stay safe out there. And until next time, stay gold. How so? I I want it to be like a natural like transition from the previous segment, okay, if possible. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I guess I'll give it a. That, that's why I was trying to be like, how are you including people? I'm sorry. I should have ta- gotten the hint. <laughs>